see if I want to record it. Yeah, it's great. I think he's still there. Oh, it's new. Because the first time I heard it, I was like, who's that woman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. This is episode number 77, but it is actually the first episode that we are dropping in 2022. Wow, Woo! wild. 2022. Um, and I'm here with a returning guest. Um, he was actually on episode number 12, which we recorded in July 18 of 2020. So it's been a while um, since we had uh, this, this person on Jackson Talks, everybody, but he's someone I talk to regularly. I'm sure I'll confess my love for him throughout the episode, and I'll give you a little context <laughs> behind that. But um, welcome to the show, Big Utes, uh, Wheeler Yuda. Hey, thanks for having me, buddy. You are welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I got one question for you. I'll ask in a second. Yep. Actually, really, thank you for coming on now that you're like a big star. But anyways. I'll ask you one question that will kind of go into some other stuff. But I, I want to um, say this, like, for context of how close our relationship is for people viewing, probably got some AEW people listening to this episode because they're fans of you now. Um, but for context about me and Ute's relationship, we lived together for one year. And since that year, we've basically become super close, best friend type stuff. And if I were going to get married, let's say tomorrow, for instance, I would invite Yuta to stand up there with me with a few of my other really close friends. So that's kind of what our friendship means and our relationship is. Um, you should listen to episode 12 because that has some, some more backstory about uh, us. We actually recorded a few episodes a long time ago, um, but we had to remove those for some certain situations um, and things of that nature. But we've actually recorded a bunch of Jackson Talks, everybody's, and I'm happy to have him on again. And I have, now I'll stop talking. Actually, I won't stop talking. I will continue talking, but I have. <laughs> I mean, it is a podcast, so yeah. I hope you do continue talking. Yeah, I'll let you talk in a second, but I'll have the lead in here to my, to my very first question, um, which if you're a regular listener, you know the question. If you're new to the show, thanks for tuning in. This question um, is super important, um, especially between two guys, two males. I think it creates more conversation, more honest conversation to express how we feel or what may be going on. Um, and it creates deeper connection, which is kind of the, the most vital thing that human beings need is, is deep, meaningful connection. So big Utes, um, how are you doing? Uh, like for real, for real, like what's going on? How are you? I love that you said before we started recording, I only have one question. And your one question is, how are you? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I want it. That's it. It's going to lead us down a, a beautiful conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no, it will. It will. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good, man. You know, uh, moved in with, uh, moved in with Tank recently. Tank is, uh, how I have my girlfriend's number saved to my phone. She said hi, by the way. I forgot to tell you that before we started. Um, she's great. She's great. Yeah, moved in. Yeah, right. She's the best. But, uh, yeah, moved in together. We're living in, uh, Virginia now. And, you know, obviously got this, uh, thing going with AEW, which has been great. So, I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. I've got a lot of good things going on and I'm just happy uh happy right now in my life that's for sure beautiful to hear beautiful to hear yeah. um because last time we talked and for most of our relationship you you were living in philadelphia yes 
How does it feel to be away from, from your most favorite city in the whole wide world? Oh, I miss it so much. Um, I really like where we're at now, or where we're at now though. Um, like it's a great situation. It's a great place that we're in a uh, beautiful apartment. Um, we have a lot more space. It's a lot less crowded, a lot less loud, but I, I miss Philly a lot. It's a, it's a place I've called home for a long time, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm still just getting adjusted and I think I'll, I'll love Fairfax just as much, but uh, I definitely miss Philly. That's for sure. I drove through it yesterday, coming home from a beyond wrestling show. I was just like, looking at it. It's like, Oh, the, if you ever see like the skyline, the one building with like the big steeple in Philly, uh, Liberty place. I used to work like next to it. So they have a food court in the second floor. So I would just go eat subway there every day. Uh, <laughs> but I would um, like, every time I pass, I'm just like, Oh, I miss it. but it's like one of the most iconic buildings. When you look at like the skyline of Philly. So I see it all the time, but I miss Philly. man. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, I want, I was going to, I, I thought about asking this question, but I didn't like write it down in my list of questions. The only one I asked was how are you I actually write that down? Even though I ask it every single episode, I don't know why. You write it down. You, you write, write it down. It down. <laughs> yeah. I just like to make sure that I hit it, even though I is, know exactly. Is there just a, is there just a piece of paper that just says Yuda and then write under it? How are you? Like, is that the, <laughs> I mean, yeah, sort of, it's like, says your name. <laughs> it says the date of today. So I can post that in the show notes, like when we recorded, because I usually post these like four weeks after they get recorded. And then I have okay. episode number 77. And then yes, it just says, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I just like to, make sure, I like to make sure I hit that point, even though it's like the basis of my whole podcast. <laughs> it's it's hey, this kind of what the show's about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, another thought that came into my mind about uh, I wanted to ask you this. I didn't even write it down. It was about Bryce Harper, right? Big baseball fans here. Yep. He, I told you when he got signed to the Phillies yes. that for his long contract to be kind of, I don't want to say worthy because he's an amazing ball player. He's worthy of those kinds of numbers and that kind of contract, but to make yeah. like the, the less obsessed fan or the less knowledgeable fan know that like it was worth the contract was he won two MVP awards through his contract and one World Series title. So yep. he wins his second MVP of his career, but first with the Phillies. Like, what are you feeling? What are you feeling about the team? And I mean, Zach Wheeler, close, almost won Cy Young, but man, yeah, what a year for those boys. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's just got to, like, it's all the, it feels like the big pieces are there. You just got to fill in around it. I mean, Philly's bullpen has been the problem since 2009. Like, 2008, Lidge had the perfect season, and then, like, 09, blew ev like, not every save, but he had a rough year. Right. And then he got replaced in 2010 by Ryan Madsen, and then he had a rough year. And then just since then, it's just been problem after problem after problem. Papelbon didn't pan out the way we hoped. Like, it's just – that's always been the issue. So I'm always worried about the figuring out the pitching situation. But what a year for Harper. What a year for Wheeler. Like, it's been – it – I'm optimistic about the team for the first time in a long time. I will yeah. say, but it's just putting the pieces together. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, baseball, you, I mean, you look at even like to your point, right. You look at the angels, they have the two best players in the American yeah. league on their team and they weren't even close to sniffing the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, that's, so there's, the, that's the thing about baseball yeah. is like, no matter, no matter how good like trout is, he can only hit 
once every nine times right and then like so obviously that's his strength but like and if you're a pitcher like there's no equivalent of like a quarterback you know like the quarterback that touches the ball every play or like a point guard or like doesn't even have to be a point guard but like in the nba you can get the ball to the same guy if you really need to like every person yeah yeah like it someone gets hot they can take over for a quarter they can take over for a few games you know like Something like that can happen. That can't happen in baseball. Like Zach Wheeler can only pitch once every five days. That's how it's going to be. And like, so it's to me, it's always like the ultimate team sport yeah. because you really need all the pieces, or else you can't do it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's exactly right. Like in in the most pressure pressure filled situations and all those other sports, I can basically guarantee that my best player will get the ball. Yes. Like with eight yes. seconds left, I'm down two points. I can guarantee that LeBron gets the ball for the most part, mm. you know, like 98% probably he can get the ball. You know, if I need yeah. to score a touchdown with uh, one minute left, my quarterback's getting the ball, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they have the ball. But yeah. if I'm in the ninth inning, I'm down two runs and a guy's on second base, my seven hole hitter could come up. I can't control that Bryce Harper's right. coming to the dish. Yeah. So you yeah. have to have Sorry, a full Bryce. lineup, so, you know? You have to have a full yeah. lineup. And, uh, I mean, they're all major leaguers. They're all technically the best players in the world. But, you know, obviously some guys are better than others. Some guys handle pressure situations yeah. a little bit differently than others. You know, Bryce Harper's a phenom. So is like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and all these guys. But that's why I love baseball, because you never know, especially in a playoff run or like late season September, who's going to be the hero. Yeah. It's so cool. Who's right. going to be the hero? Who's going to just go like – David Freeze style in like the 2011 playoffs. <laughs> yeah. You just like never got out and that got him paid for like seven <laughs> years after and he never had a yeah. <laughs> And he never, never played good again. Yeah. But people are always uh, hoping like, oh shit, we might get David Freeze back. You know, he got paid millions of dollars off that. Like, that's amazing. That's exactly how it should be. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's so funny though. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you can as much as you want Bryce Harper to be up. If Freddie Gallus is up, no offense, Freddie Gallus, he's great, but it's you know that's just it's what different. it is. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. love that about baseball. Yeah, it's great. and it's also it's also interesting to teach that to to young people because I I work with a lot of young athletes, and it's like how to relate to someone like because baseball is the ultimate team sport, but it's also super individualistic. Like yes, when I'm hitting. There's nobody else there. It's just me and the pitcher. It is a solo. Exactly. It is a solo battle against you and that pitcher. He's trying to get your ass out. I'm trying to get the hit or get a walk or get on base or move the runner over, whatever the case may be. But that is right. That's one on one right there. There's no other. There's no other harder challenge in sports than hitting a hitting a baseball off a pitcher throwing 97 when his ball moves like this or like this, or he might drop in a changeup <laughs> that's like 82, yeah. right? So it's like it's like really hard to teach young kids like you're part of a team culture where you have to pick each other up. You have to link arms. You have to support each other. You have to be there for one another, but also you kind of have to only be in your zone when you're hitting, unless it's a team at bat and you're trying to bunt or get someone over. That's like a different situation, but right. So that's like hard to relay to like a young person, but I also think it's super similar in terms of professional wrestling to relate it back to professional wrestling. Because wrestling in itself is a team sport. Like if I'm not working well with the guy in the ring with me, the match is going to suck and we might get hurt, which is like the, the farthest, most worst end of that stick. But it's also individual, right. individualistic because I have to I have to be prepared in my own right. I have to know what moves I have, my character presents or all these things. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no question here, really, but just you feed off. You can feed off of that. No, yeah, and then, like, even even more so, like, in that it's the same in that, like, everyone, you know, you want to put on the best show possible, right? So, like, everyone in the back wants it all to be good, too, you know? Like, the producer wants to be good. The booker wants to be good. Like, everyone wants it to be good, but it's just you in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was maybe it's a team effort all day and everyone's, like, rooting for you in the back. But, like, at that moment, yeah, it's just you two. It's just – or you two, you four, however many are out there. Like, that's that's all that it is. So, yeah, it's very similar. It draws a pretty similar comparison. So, yeah, I never thought about it like that. that that's so true. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I've, I thought about it so often only because of this reason, because when I stopped playing baseball, the thing that like bothered me the most about it, that not playing baseball anymore, wasn't really the baseball part because I was kind of over that. But I talk about it in a lot of different other podcasts if you want to listen to them. But anyways, yeah. what really was like frightening for me or really scary was that I wasn't going to be around a team of guys that loved the same thing I loved because that camaraderie, that yeah. community is like, is incredible and so when I got into wrestling without knowing the business or anything about it really because all I'd watched at that point was like WWE I didn't know indie wrestling or traveling or all of these things that come with it that are so cool I was like oh this is like what am I going to do it's like an individualistic thing I just walk out there I'm by myself there's no team like oh, I'm going to miss that part of baseball and then you get into it and you're like no this is a this is a team this is a family like yeah especially when you're driving 12 hours with someone and it's like or you're living with someone for a year after knowing them for like a minute and a half. Um, yeah. You know, it becomes a family atmosphere. And then wrestling itself is super niche, even though there's like a quote unquote boom going on. That if you find someone who really does love pro wrestling the same way you do, there's an instant bond. And so that changed my perspective a lot, like going into it, thinking that there was no family atmosphere, community atmosphere, and then totally now coming out the other side of it, like, loving and believing in the, in the pro wrestling community and wanting to help it as much as I can. So that was like where I thought about this idea so much, like relating it from baseball now to wrestling. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I guess because I went straight from like my team sports, like directly into wrestling, like I kind of knew already, but I was, I was more aware. I think of the Indies obviously than, than you were, mm-hmm. but um so I, I kind of was like hoping that I would get that like camaraderie thing. Like I thought, I always thought that was going to be a big part of it, but I never, I don't know why. I just was always like, I heard people say the boys so many times. I was like, oh yeah, we're all going to hang out and be cool and it'll be fun. <laughs> but well, yeah. I don't know. I had, um, had a very different perspective for some reason. <laughs> I think, I think it's because that original point you said is that you kind of knew indie wrestling a bit more than I did. Like I just, yeah. I just thought that I was going to go get trained at MPX wrestling. And then I was going to go to WWE. That was it. That's literally what I thought. Yeah. Um, no, I, I had like a, I think I told you this. I had a, a binder when I was a kid that had like all my wrestling drawings and crap in it. And like the front I had taped on something I printed out on computer paper. It was like a path of like my path to success. So it was like C4W, which is the local Indian Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Uh, then under that was, uh, I knew that the NWA existed because they had like some indies around. So I was like, all right. So then I'll go there. And then the big one, I'll go to WWE. So I had like, that was my three step plan <laughs> that I had like written off because this was like pre, like the current iteration of the NWA. It was just like right. the affiliate program. And I was watching like the 
Marquez NWA Hollywood stuff a lot. So like, cause that was what I could find on the internet for some reason on the other side of the country. But it was like, I would like, that was like my three-step plan. And then uh, Colt Cabana was on one of the shows with, well, he's on all the Marquez stuff, but then I found his podcast, listened to it, discovered what indie wrestling was like outside of that. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is what it is. It's like, oh yeah, it's traveling and all that stuff. Wow. But yeah, I had, I had the exact same thing. I had the three-step plan. It was just in the middle there, Colt Cabana was sitting there doing independent shows. <laughs> and I was like, ah, that's it. Yeah. He, he changed the game straight up, you know? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Your, your steps had much more than mine. Like I, I missed those, those middle parts. <laughs> just like, M- just get, MPX and WWE. Get trained, learn to bump, go to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, mine was get trained, championship wrestling from Hollywood, WrestleMania. So it was just one step. Not bad, not a bad One plan. additional trip to the West Coast. And now, all these years later, we're living, you're not living a totally different life, but you're working for a totally different company. And yep. wrestling at WrestleMania is not even something I want to do ever. So, <laughs> wild. That's wild. Yeah. Oh, man. Right. Um, speaking of Cole Cabana, you like now work with him. Yeah. It's you're like wild. you're like on the same roster as him wrestling on TNT. Like, what's that like? Because yeah. I know you look up to him a lot. He's like, I mean, he should be an inspiration for many, if not all, independent prof- independent performers, not just independent wrestlers. Um, but what? Yeah, what's that like? Yeah, it was always so great to pick like his brain on the indies, but now to be able to do it like weekly is great because it would just be like whenever I ran into him every like six months. And now it's just like, oh, now we can just talk all the time. It's great. So it's like super cool to have one of these people that you really looked up to really kind of helping you out. And there's a lot of people like that in AEW. Like AEW itself just in general is insane. Like imagine even like five years ago, like just thinking like someone being like, hey, so this is going to exist. This is going to exist. And it's going to be on TNT. And then it's going to go to TBS. It's going to be super successful. It's going to be the hottest. Like, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Like, it's a story that we've heard in wrestling a million times of just, like, someone saying that they're going to do this. And then it obviously doesn't pan out and it's a scam every time or it's, like, a terrible show or something. But, like, the fact that it's a real thing, it's like, oh, my God. I'm, like, so fortunate to be there, you know, that there's another place for us all to to go wrestle and it's so much fun like it's so relaxed it's so great so yeah just in general like i don't know life's wild right now <laughs> um yeah i remember watching you wrestle for the first time on tnt and like sitting in my living room is like crying my eyes out no um because when we were living together like we didn't live in a nice place we were both in the trenches, like deep in the trenches. You were going yep. through some shit. I went through the worst experience of my whole entire life. And we were yep. both just like there for each other, like mm-hmm. immensely there for each other. And then there was wrestling yeah. that we would just like, we're trying to do. And like, you were, <laughs> right. getting, you were getting some sweet bookings. Like you went to Germany, like the first time, like when we moved uh, out mm-hmm. and like, I was getting like decent bookings. Um, and it was like, like, where do you want to be with your career? And you were always uh, 
you know, you just wanted to be a really good wrestler and you wanted people to recognize you for that. And then I saw you wrestle on TNT in front of, I don't know how many people were there, but on like a national fucking broadcast where millions of people watch it weekly. And I was like, it's like dreams. Like it might sound super cliche, but like dreams do come true. Like they really do. Like, I believe in that. I believe in hope and love and all of these things. If you listen to my podcast, you know, I talk about it almost at nauseum because I believe it so much, <laughs> but it's so special, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know how to convey that to you. I, I mean, I, I told it to you when we saw each other in person like a month ago when my tire blew out, but <laughs> and we spent like four hours waiting for AAA, but that was like a nice four hours. We just got to hang out together. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, but I was like with my roommate and my, my other buddy was here too randomly. And they were like, dude, why are you like, why are you crying? I'm like, I, cause it's like, this is like real shit. It's like real hard work. Like, and it's like battling stuff to get to like where you want to be. And like, wasn't even a, a possibility when we were like drinking wine on our couch till three in the morning. <laughs> now it yeah. is a possibility and it's there and it happened for you. And I don't know what, it's going to happen when I have you on my podcast a year from now, but right now I know that I, I've, I'm, I'm really, really happy for you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Like that means a lot. Like, yeah, we were just, we we're just grinding. We we're just trying to do it and see what would happen. And like, I always just was like, you know, whatever comes up, I just want to be the best that I can be. And then this thing that I am so grateful to be a part of came around and it was like, here we are, man. Like I, I don't know if uh, I think that we probably would have cried in that apartment too. If you had told us years ago, how, how it would have all turned out, you know, that wasn't that long ago either, but like, no, I mean, it was three know. years, three years ago. Yeah. Not long at all, but like, yeah, I think it's crazy. Like I, I wouldn't have expected to be here right now. So I mean, I'm we did, we did cry in that happy. apartment quite a bit. So we did cry. We did cry in the apartment quite a bit. That's true. But, but that's all. That's not part of the journey. Happy. That's no, yep. some happy tears, some sad tears, but that's part of the journey, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a mental health conference over the weekend and a neuroscientist was talking about uh, how important crying, laughing and crying and laughing are and how important they are to like our neurobiology and like a release mechanism to get emotions out, um, whether good or happy tears. And so... Yeah, we, we, we cried a lot. It's a, it's a way to get out your emotions, right? If you're suppressing everything down, eventually they're going to come out in a more aggressive and hostile manner. So if you feel like crying, yeah. let it fly, baby. Let it fly. It's good for you. <clears throat> um, but on top of that, more talking about you, I guess, because this is a podcast about you. But um, you were at one point like working with like every company that could possibly happen, except for like the other one. But like you were wrestling for like Ring of Honor. <laughs> um you're wrestling yeah. for new japan and still and still am and for aew yeah. at the same time and doing yeah. indies yeah <laughs> like so, speak on that but then i have a question about it no i'm just like even that like can you imagine that like just all right so you're gonna you're gonna be able to be on tv but you're still gonna be able to do indies you're still gonna be able to wrestle for like new japan like it's wild like it's just i don't know i'm just baffled that this is life which i don't know i maybe i'm too grateful on this podcast where i'm very like i just keep going over and over like this is nuts but it's nuts it's not you can't be you can't be too grateful you can always be right. you can always be grateful
but also at the same time that you have appreciation and gratitude for what you do have, you have to be also understanding and knowing that you deserve to be that in that spot that you've been given because of your hard work and effort. So, right. It can be like a, it's a hard, like fine tuning the balance, right? If we have too much yeah, appreciation and too much gratitude, it's like, do I really deserve that to be imposter here? syndrome kind of right? thing? Yeah. But it's like you do, right? Because you know, you do, that's like, there's no real, there doesn't need to be a deeper explanation than that. You do deserve to be there. Um, but speaking on the same thing, um, a lot of times with like elite performers or high performing athletes or like high performing business people or whatever, you work like really hard, really hard to get to this certain threshold or third, certain level. And then when you get mm. there, it's like not as fulfilling as you once thought it was um, because maybe you were focused too much on the outcome. You weren't so much focused on the process of getting there. Um, but if any of those kinds of feelings come up for you on this whole professional wrestling journey, kind of reaching the level that you're at or anything like that? I mean, sometimes it's like, not necessarily I'm trying to think of the right words to say it. Like, sometimes it's like, okay, now what? Mm. It's just like my goal, I was focused on this goal to get here for so long like to try to reach this point where I can do these things. So it's like, all right, so now I'm here, but I need to make the most of it. I need to make the most of these opportunities to do these things. So I kind of need to, I guess now I'm trying to, in order to, like you said, enjoy it, you know, feel gratitude, but also keep moving forward. I've tried to kind of enjoy the process itself more, you know, like I'm at, I'm at the thing that I wanted. I obviously wanted. I want more. Like I obviously want to move up the card and do better and keep growing and keep becoming a better wrestler and the best wrestler I can be and best human being I can be. But I think it'd be foolish for me not to kind of enjoy the process. So that's what I'm trying to do now is enjoy the process, like know where I want to go, mm -hmm. but in order to not, I guess, get discouraged, I, or not even not just get discouraged, but to also not like just dwell on the one thing so much. I've been trying to, to focus on the process and just kind of take it in and be like, wow, this is, this is cool. So that's been, that's a new thing. That's never been something I've done before. I think I've always kind of known what I wanted to like do and accomplish maybe, and then kind of laser focus on that and then look back at the good times. <laughs> but it's like, just enjoy them while they're here. You know, why? I'm a very nostalgic person. So it's like, why, why be so nostalgic when you can just enjoy the thing that you've always wanted as it's happening right now in front of you. So that's kind of been my new focus, I would say, since all these big things have happened and changed, you know? Yeah. Uh, I tell that to my, my athletes all the time, but it's really hard to focus on the process when everything is based on results right? Yes. Everything, your, your job, school, sports, wrestling, everything is based on, did you do what we asked you to do? Or did you do a good job? Or did you win like the result? Right. Yeah. Or the, I can enjoy this process as much as I want, but if it sucks, like if I suck, I suck, you know, that's it. So, so it's really hard dynamic to, to understand and to switch in your mind. When like, if I just focus on being in the midst of the grind in the, I don't really like the word grind, but I'm, it works fine. Okay. Here. Um, 
but like being in the trenches or like doing the work that you love just because you love doing it and then leading that into the direction that you want your your life to end up being but when you reach that peak or whatever your peak is um then you're still really loving what you're doing and the result isn't as important and it's easier not easier that's the wrong word um like it's different in pro wrestling um because your result is kind of you know fixed or predetermined or however you want to use it but how you get there is like is the actual result like are people buying into what you're doing like yeah are the fans behind that's what you? the result is it's not the win and loss always yeah. right but it leads to people believing more of the wins and losses if all that stuff is is sharp and good and crisp and and meaningful whatever you know all that uh but i'm not really talking to you i'm talking to the people listening but anyways uh and so that it's like a really hard dynamic to to have everything based on results and outcome but still stay focused on the process and when you get to that point, everything becomes, uh, I think, a little less overwhelming and a little less daunting because you're like, I'm in the midst of this journey. I love doing this because I love doing it. And if it leads somewhere great, awesome. But if I just end up wrestling it beyond wrestling in front of 150 people three times a week, I live my dream as a pro wrestler. And that's awesome, too. And I'm enjoying the process as it comes. Really hard, yeah. really hard to grasp. But if you start kind of understanding those dynamics and those tools a little bit, I think it makes the uh, the journey upward, especially in pro wrestling, a little bit less challenging. Yeah, because I mean, all like it's tough because at the end of the day, all it's about is just people, you know, is being happy. So finding what it is that makes you happy may not necessarily align with. I don't know, success in a particular field, I would mm. say. So I think sometimes people get so caught up in this is the plan. This is what I need to do. This is how I define success in a particular field. But if you just define it as, you know, being happy and then you want to succeed in this field because it makes you happy, then doing the work is a lot easier and doing the work is the fun part, you know? So it's kind of, like finding what that is, where those two things align, like success and something that makes you happy. So like trying to balance those two, like you said, it's very difficult, but I think that at the end of the day, people need to realize like, as long as you're happy, it doesn't matter what, what it is you're doing or how you're doing it. Like obviously with respect to other people and their happiness, but right. like, you know, you need to, as long as you're happy, that's, that's all you can ask for. Right. Yeah. You said something really, really, um, you know, profound that I don't know if you know that you said it, but like you have to define what success means to you because if you have no definition of what success means to you, you're never going to reach it because you don't know what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. And so when you're starting out on an endeavor that's like really hard or challenging, which pretty much any everything is in life, what is success? Like if I reach this level, I'll consider this success. Um, and that's also the portion of more focusing on the process rather than the outcome. But it is nice to have a North Star, right? Something that you're always aiming at, something that you always have responsibility for and can move towards, like, especially when mm -hmm. things get tough. Um, so defining that for yourself is, is wildly important. Um, and it also helps with, with the one, what we just talked about, right? Focusing on the process. So that's, yeah, very astute of you, big youths. Oh, thank you. I, I recently read the book, The Alchemist. Oh, did you like yeah, it? Fine. Yeah, it was really good. Did yeah. you read it? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like finding your personal legend and just talking about like, yeah. Like if along the way you fail or like they talk about it in terms of like death, like if you die along the way, at least you died in pursuit of what you love. doesn't necessarily have to be like actual physical death, but like if you, you know, if you fail in pursuit of what you love, did you really fail? You know, right. did you have a good time? Are you happy? Did you try hard? Like, did you, now, you know, like, okay, maybe this isn't it like, or this was it. And, but I, I had a good time pursuing whatever it was like, that's all very important. So yeah, you can have that North star, but also knowing like, if you just let that one singular thing define you, it's all the eggs in one basket. So it's not, uh, not the healthiest way to live, I'd say. Right. Yeah. There's much more to you than just what you're aiming towards. Right. Uh, you're a pro wrestler, but that doesn't necessarily define you. Right. You're also a boyfriend, a son, a friend, you know, a human, right. All these other things that you are that compile you. And then what you do for a living is be a pro wrestler. Um, and so, yeah, whatever you're aiming at, it just, just, just allow it to bring you some fulfillment, some meaning and some purpose. And then everything that comes along the way with it, the setbacks, the failures, the obstacles, the good, the bad, the peaks, the valleys, as our friend Tim Thatcher would say, um, <laughs> it's all, it's all very important. It's all part of it. <clears throat> um, and so speaking. It doesn't on mean that, it's all fun. But... No, it's, no, it's not. It's not all fun and it shouldn't be all fun. Um, <laughs> life is about uh, feeling a, a wide range of things because if we never feel anything that's not fun or bad, or hard, then we're not going to enjoy the good as much. And the good always outweighs the bad, right? You can't, you can't paint a, a beautiful picture without dark colors. So I, I believe that yeah. to be true. Um, my next question, also about AEW, that I just thought of right now because I didn't write anything down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we, we talked about Cole Cabana a little bit and working with him and being able to like pick his brain on a more regular basis, which I think is amazing. But now on the AEW roster, you have like four, you have like, everyone's the best in the world at some point, right? And there's so many guys that claim that. Um, but you have like four guys on your roster that actually might be the best in the world. Um, uh, like yeah. CM Punk, um, Andrade, what's, what's his name in AEW? Andrade El Idolo. Yeah, he's incredible. My favorite wrestler, uh, besides The Miz of all time, Adam Cole and uh and uh, brian danielson um yeah now what's it i know you got to wrestle adam cole but what's it like seeing those guys who are basically at the peak they've been at the peak of every company they've been at um see those guys work like they do do they do anything different that you've picked up do they do anything that you might add to your game or the way they put matches together or the way they uh view things like any, any nuggets of wisdom that you're able to share without giving too much away, obviously. Um, there's, there's a lot of them. I, to be honest, I probably shouldn't share them. <laughs> um, but like just being able to kind of sit around those guys and like one thing I will say that I've noticed, and I don't know if this is necessarily, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily something that they've like, specifically told but like there's always this kind of sense of calm mm. around those guys like there's a, a confidence there of like even if something goes wrong like someone comes to the back like oh i'm so sorry about this or this they're all just like it's fine it's good we did it it was good we pulled it off 
this is what we needed to do. This is what we accomplished. Like, we got it done. Like, before the matches, they all know, like, it's going to go well. Like, mm-hmm. I am who I am. I understand it's going to go well. And then, like, in the ring with those guys, like, they're so calm and just, like, controlled, focused. No, like, they, at all times, they know exactly what they're doing. So it's seeing that kind of, it feels like, yeah, you got to step your game up because, I don't know, it's like there's just this aura about some of those guys where it's like they they're they're professionals. <laughs> so I don't know where this is going. I'm kind of rambling at this point. No, it's like, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's just like you know, like these guys are when they walk in the room, you're like, okay, this is they're they're here to do good work. They're gonna do good work, and they know that, and we all know that every time we see them. So it's it's insane. That's so cool. Like I, uh, you know, I've never worked or been around any of those guys. And, but I had just assumed from knowing like a lot about high performance um, that they just like those kinds of guys always bring just a different energy into the room. And like the best athletes in the world, the best performers in the world, always, always elevate everyone else around them. Always. That's like a key factor of being one of the best in the world at what you do. Um, and so I just assumed, and now a wrestling context where basically you're like, you know, one-on-one working together, that if you're in the ring with them, they're only gonna elevate you um, to their yeah. level. And that's that's so cool. Like, it's so cool. Like, I, uh, yeah. and it's like, cause confident, confidence is like really fragile, especially with athletes, mm-hmm. it's very fragile. You don't really know how you're gonna feel um, when you step into the arena, the park, the yard, wherever your domain is. Um, and so for those guys, you know, their confidence level is at a sky high because, you know, not only are their past successes showing them that, but they just have like an internal belief that no matter what shows up on the show, in the match, I've seen it before, I can handle it. And that's really cool, especially displaying that to young wrestlers like yourself, young wrestlers. Yeah. I, w- I will say that there is a... I, every once in a while i'll see like a little little bit of nerves and it reminds me like okay we're, we're all human though mm. like because we can have those nerves but then still be confident that we're it's going to be good we'll be fine so there's every once in a while i'll see and like okay there it is there's there's what i feel but they feel it a lot less just because you know they're the best in the world so <laughs> yeah i mean they still all those guys still have an, a fire in their belly right and so they're gonna feel yeah, they're going to feel some level of anxiety or nervousness. Everyone relates anxiety and nervousness to a negative connotation. And really anxiety and nervousness have a somewhat of a positive connotation in my context. Like I want to have anxiety because it helps me perform better. Now, if it becomes dehabilitating anxiety or into a panic attack, then we need to do some mechanisms to try to control that. But if you're feeling that sense of rush, that sense of adrenaline, your heart's beating a little bit, right? you're fucking engaged, you're feeling ready, you're feeling like a sense of zoning in, like that's where the real, it's called challenge skills balance. Uh, basically when like the challenge and your skills are at equal. So like you feel like you're stretching a little bit, but you don't feel like you're about to snap. Like that's where like, yeah, that's where the challenge skills ratio is. And that's where like your anxiety and your nervousness are at like a perfect level. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's it for like, say when you were wrestling Adam Cole, right? The challenge is there, right? Cause you're wrestling Adam Cole, holy shit. But okay. your, your skills are also there, 
but you have to yourself perceive your skills to be there. So everything lots up. Obviously you can wrestle with him. Obviously you can go toe to toe with him. Um, but you have to believe that your skills match the level of challenge. And then that's where everything kind of coincides and there's good anxiety. There's good nervousness that it's making you more focused for whatever you're about to, you know, do. Yeah, definitely. If you yeah, want. it's a, it's the tough balance to find though. Cause like, hard, very hard. Don't wanna, but yeah, that's that, but it's a tough line to walk though, for sure. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. What'd you say? You caught out for a little bit. Oh, no, I was saying it's just like, it's a very tough line to walk, but it's, that's, yeah, that's what you have to find. You have to find that balance of, uh, challenging yourself, but also knowing like, all right, mentally, where am I at? Physically, where am I at? Like you have to, you can't make the challenge too big or else you just get discouraged. That's it. Exactly right. Right. And it, and it really all boils down to your confidence and your confidence really boils down to um if you're interested in how you build confidence i'll give you like a little nugget of people listening but uh you uh, uh, most people think that confidence comes from like your 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 past successes like so all my confidence comes from my past successes that's like not necessarily true it's really your confidence really comes from your self-talk um but the thing that people miss about their self-talk when it comes to their confidence is that it has to be credible self-talk so like if I'm feeling shaky in my confidence a little bit yeah. and I tell myself I'm the best performer that's ever lived, well, that's, that's not true. Right. And so your brain doesn't believe that. So that's not credible confidence. So you're not enhancing your confidence. So you base it on your past successes, your past successes lead you to have credibility. And then your credibility mm-hmm. leads you to have the, 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 the correct self-talk. So, yeah. uh, that's that's really where confidence comes from and that's relation into the the challenge skills balance about stretching yourself but not snapping yourself and then how you keep elevating your performance is by keep elevating your challenges but at the same time elevating your skill set and then allowing the credible self-talk and the credible self-confidence to raise all of that together yeah is yeah is what is basically well, what i teach looks, athletes and what you can teach okay, yourself. it looks like you've researched this a little bit bud yeah 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 just a little bit I take it, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit um yeah no i've gone on like a super deep dive uh over the past no, over the past three years about all of this stuff you know first it was just in relation to mental health um yep. and i've got a lot deeper into that and then it became uh mental health in terms of athletes um mm-hmm. and then it became like human development a little bit of neuroscience some physiology and now it's like a mixture of in between and it's just uh it gets me really fired up i don't know if you can tell but it gets me always excited to talk about this stuff uh but i gotta be careful because i don't want to like push it onto people so i just want to make sure you know people but it is my podcast so i guess i can talk about whatever i want but i mean they 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 tuned in for for a reason but like this is this is that's like to me you are the epitome of like the it's the process like you have so much fun and so much joy in these things that you do now which are not things that you probably ever thought you were going to do but you learned like your journey took you one way and then you integrated it with your passions that you already had and like you wound up finding something that you really love and enjoy to do and like seeing you be very fulfilled as as someone who is your friend and loves you like it's great for me to see like I don't know it's the happiest I've seen you so it's it always that's always something that's in the back of my head of like when I think about the journey and the process is you because like you're 
the most into the process and happy about it of any human being I know. So you're an inspiration, Mr. Stone. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, I try to be, I don't think that was ever like a goal to be inspiring. Um, no, of course. But now it feels, um, what's the word? Hmm. If natural. If, yeah. Like, it's not, it's like just something that happens. Like I feel inspired yeah. to help people also feel inspired. So yeah. I think that's cool. Um, and yeah, I was talking to, I was talking to Jordan Oliver um, the other day at the GCW show. Like I told you that I went to and GCW is like doing some like uh, charity work when they go to like town to town. Oh, nice. And Jordan was talking about how he really likes um, doing some of this charity work. Jordan, we, we both know Jordan. He's always been like a really yeah. optimistic guy has a positive outlook, absolutely fucking loves professional wrestling. Um, yeah. And he was talking about charity work and he was like, but I feel selfish for doing charity work because it makes me feel good. And I was like, well, every decision we make is inherently selfish because we do it out of some selfish reason, but we hope in hopes that some of these decisions we make that are inherently selfish, that they also help other people at the same time. And that shouldn't yeah. make you feel bad or guilty because your intentions are pure. Your intentions are real. You're set out to help people to give back, but you knowing in that process that it's also making you feel good. And so it's a win-win yeah. relationship for really everyone. And he, right. yeah. so we had that conversation, which I thought applied here. Yeah, definitely. I think, a lot of times people get in their own way with stuff like you're doing something good, but then you overthink it. Like I'm doing it for the right reasons. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, like I'm, I'm sure if Jordan really broke it down, the reason that it makes him feel good is because he's helping other people, which mm -hmm. is a good thing. So it's not like, it doesn't make you selfish, you know, but I understand like everything is inherently a little selfish because that's how, you know, you should put yourself first, but yeah, that's uh that's definitely one I think a lot of people think about like oh, yeah. that specific one is charity like being like oh is this just because it makes me feel better about myself but yeah I mean I think that's a great way to put it it's like inherently it's good so just keep doing the good thing <laughs> exactly right your intentions are pure your intentions are real you're setting out to help people yeah. it's fucking awesome that it also makes you feel good because you're gonna do it then more often yeah. so now you're helping yourself but you're also helping more people more often and it's like symbiotic relationship. It is. It's, you know, I tell people like uh, one of the key things when you're struggling, like with your mental health is there's a mm -hmm. few things that go into it, but one of the most important things you can do for yourself is to help other people because it gets you out of your own head. It gets you to stand yeah. back and kind of look at yourself uh, a little more introspectively and be like, okay, you know, I'm not maybe who I think I was. I'm not this burden. I'm not this awful person. I can help other people. I can do things. People care about me, right? So you want to take this like step back from yourself. Um, that's just one of the tools to kind of help you if maybe you're in a rut uh, with your mental health, right? Is to just go out and, you know, do something. And or else like you're around other people, there's community, you're being of service. And then so you find a little bit more fulfillment in that. Uh, and that itself yeah. is inherently selfish because you're going out there to help someone because your mental health is in, you know, in jeopardy. But then- Throughout the day, throughout the cycle of that, you're like seeing other people be happy and fulfilled and grateful. And it's like this whole chain of events, like, right, you said, yeah. it's a symbiotic relationship because we're all connected, you know, 
no matter how much we don't want to admit that we're all connected in every single way possible. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's beautiful. I don't know. I don't know what to add. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's it, man. It's magical. It's a magical life we live. You know, it's a magical life we live. I'm, uh, I'm super proud of both of us for being in the positions that we're in doing the things that we're doing. Um, and the next time you see Daniel Garcia, tell him that I want him to have him on my podcast. Cause I think he's also an incredibly special human being. I will. And uh, I'll I, it too. If, yeah, he's a, an incredible guy. I had Lee on my podcast a while ago, but now he's like, yeah. Also doing incredible <laughs> yeah. shit, just like wrestled CM Punk, like, like, CM Punk on, yeah. like, like a week ago or something, and like absolutely crushing it. Um, yeah, yeah. So like those things are just yeah. So I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of myself. I, I uh, we'll bring you back on this proud pod, you too, buddy. but I'll I'll be seeing you in February. Uh, I'll be seeing yeah. you in February because I have a, a mental health conference in Washington D.C. Hell yeah! Like yeah. Anything else? Anything else you like to add? Any uh comments questions concerns funny stories anecdotes no man i'm just uh like you said look looking at our journey you know since we first met since i saw the for sale sign in front of where you were living <laughs> because our friend asked me to pick you up yeah and uh yep here we are and drive by the way like 10 minutes away from where i live now um oh really is where where nova pro was yeah I, i'm like right by it i passed the building a lot you're by the jcc the J- is that is that where we were yeah, there was a JCC and then there was the fire department. That shows the JCC though, and I pa- that's the one I pass all the time. But yeah, good old JCC. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow, man, life turns out just just really beautifully. Um, Absolutely. Uh, more people follow you now than they follow me. But for those that don't follow you, where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Wheeler Yuta on on uh, everything. Uh, if you work for one of those verification people. Uh, Help me out. Yes. Uh, yeah, give me verify. But yeah, that's about it. At Wheeler Uta on pretty much everything. And buy a sweet, uh, buy a sweet best friends tea on on uh, yes. shop shop.aew.com. Is that what it is? Uh, you add an extra dot shopaew.com. Okay, I was, or, that. I was pretty close. I was pretty close. Pro, yeah, <laughs> you almost nailed it. <laughs> pro wrestling tees works too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You still get it. They're, they make all the shop AEW stuff anyways that's mad cool either way works beautiful okay well thanks for coming on big use happy to talk to you happy for your success and uh let's uh let's see where this journey takes us both eh? hey let's do it and go bryce harper go go bryce Bryce harper all right love you buddy (laughs) love you too dude later bye everyone thanks for watching cheers